0: Solo and Chewbacca are attempting to get to the Wookiee home planet so Chewie can spend life day with his family. Only problem is the Empire is actively hunting down members of the Rebel Alliance. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb Boucher.
1: I'm Connor Izagari.
0: And welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. All right, you're probably scratching your heads hard on the Star Wars film I just described. If you did not listen to the end of last week's episode, and you would already right know. Um or look at what our episode title is. Uh but with that. Let's get the cattle bag. Today, we'll be talking about one of the most notorious holiday specials to ever grace people's TV screens. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) A film which has largely been considered the low point of the insanely popular franchise by critics and fans alike. Where are we going to dig into it? On that note, I'm going to shoot Connor for the scores. And, uh,
1: Yeah. Star Wars Holiday Special, the movie that suddenly made Disney's tenure with Star Wars look pretty good. Uh, Yeah, it's hard. It's going to be hard to get lower than this. Uh, Never been released. George Lucas hates this with a passion. Everyone involved really didn't want to be a part of this, but they had to. Twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 19 percent audience score. Uh, No critics consensus because everybody watched this once in 1978 and said, Maybe I hate Star Wars now. And then thank God they made the Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Because, yeah, if Star Wars was one really good movie in 77 and this abortion, then, yeah, we would not be talking about it today as a revered franchise.
0: No, just one one really good film that has a not talked about sequel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And with that, uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy and joyous life day
0: i hate you i just call it chris god damn it um
1: then they would have to explain how like you know is jesus christ a jedi like it introduces so many different crazy stories they just went fuck it life day
0: life day it's like they didn't even think about it um (laughs) oh yeah this oh boy um in case you're wondering how to
1: watch this um YouTube. Just there are currently two good pools on YouTube that you can watch that do not have the commercials, which is good because the commercials add another like half hour to this monstrosity. But uh that's where you can watch it. Or uh I guess if you want a cleaner copy, you can go to archive.org, which has it forever. But yeah, this randomly pops in on YouTube from time to time because people are like, Holy shit, I I can show people Star Wars the holiday special. Yeah.
0: Lucas might want to forget about it. Other people don't want to forget about it. And nah, when you fuck up this
1: bad, you're not allowed to forget about it.
0: No. And uh you know, look, I'll say this much. I'm a big fan of like you should be kinda like I don't think anything should be like buried and, and hidden 9% of the time. Some things like like obviously like something like Disney Song in the South, I I get that one. Um but like something like this, like, yeah, it's bad. I don't think it should be hidden. Like I should be allowed to watch it. And you know, I did and it was awful, and I'm never saying through it again.
1: Well, it's different, you know. Song of the South is a massive, like massively culturally insensitive, horrible bit of Hollywood history. Star Wars Holiday Special is just fucking bad. It's just stupid and terribly written and horribly acted. It's just everything a film tries to not become, and that's what happened. And I just feel bad for everyone in 1978 who was so so excited to get a little bit more star Wars because it was the greatest movie of all time. And now they got more. And I just am picturing so many kids smiles fading so quickly as we just hear Chewbacca's family growl at each other for like 45 minutes. <laughs> Dude
0: that. And can you imagine like the gas? Cause like, The guests they put off are people that were clearly like, oh, hey, Star Wars is a big deal. We can get these cool guest stars. Like, you have like B. Arthur, Harvey Corman, Art Carney, it's in this goddamn thing. Like, it is huge people back in the day. And all of them are so,
1: so wasted and just painful to watch. My favorite part was R2D2 as himself, because instead of giving Kenny Baker a paycheck, they just put a remote control in that thing and just had it zoom around.
0: yeah Uh, oh god um before we get into this this goddamn travesty of a of a film wrapping my head on the question to ask took quite a bit of time because mostly those just lots of anger and sadness and and (laughs) self-hatred i'm just being completely honest as soon as the credits rolled and me wondering if this podcast was worth it um
1: yeah, we got, you know, it's it's interesting when you find another level beneath rock bottom. It's like, I didn't know I could go that far. But here we are.
0: Content. Um, <laughs> so this is meant to be a quote unquote fire show, or more specifically, it's in the tie, right? Holiday special. Um, and as we learned, or well, as y'all learned on um, an Oscar, I forget the Oscar Sunday we did on it where apparently my heart is not as iced as people think it is. <laughs> um, and I do quite enjoy my cartoon holiday specials. Um, that is my question. That are, What are some of your personal favorite holiday specials? Before we get super negative on this thing, let's take a positive route real quick. What are some of
1: your favorite holiday specials that you like to visit uh, every year or that you remember growing up? Well, I've never been one for the variety show, first of all. the you mm-hmm. know Let's get in a bunch of current TV stars and try to make something that makes no sense. I've never been a fan of that, so... I don't have that, but I do have like, you know, cartoon ep- or uh, Christmas episodes of shows that I like to revisit every year. Christmas. That's how I those are the Christmas specials that I I like to d- to watch. Like uh, one of my favorites is uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants Christmas special. Where uh, SpongeBob learns about Christmas and Squidward tells him Santa's not real and then he feels bad about it. So he cre- he becomes Santa and starts giving away all of his stuff to everyone in Bikini Bottom because that's all he's got to do and instead of just breaking Spongebob's heart he just gives away everything he has
0: Jesus Christ I've and then Santa
1: really one. does show up and thanks Squidward for being such a good sport it's, it's funny as hell um, uh, I liked the Fairly Odd Parent special where Timmy wishes that every day was Christmas and then gets really tired of it what the hell you're doing you're taking our livelihoods
0: God, about that one. Um I like I used to like you know, obviously you know watching any kind of holiday special theme of shows like where it be Halloween, Christmas, that just that holiday season in general. Um, Best we revealed like I'm like yeah I know got a variety of variety shows but like I grew up seeing like watching all the classic like old school cartoons like you know well stuff like you know Charlie Brown Christmas um I had it on my head and it fucking left me of course oh Holly Grin stole Christmas cartoon along with the jim carrey one but the cartoon is also like what i first got into yeah um, i
1: love that too that with Karloff, that was that was really good
0: yeah that was really good and then because of that that's because my mom would get the dvds so we watched all the time like i was a big fan of stuff like frosty the snowman rudolph red-nosed reindeer um personal favorite Santa Claus coming to town or the year without sandcloth probably my all-time favorite one um just
1: great story great fucking music I I love still I watch every year the robot chicken christmas special where Goku and Gohan take on like the evil christmas like the composite santa claus and the drummer boy and all that shit I I love that it was so over the top and like Phyllis Diller's Mrs. Claus is like this giant monster and santa and they're like insulting her and Santa's like hey it's still my wife guys <laughs> They do a great job with their Christmas specials.
0: Yeah, th- th- those are usually uh, those are usually highlights when um when they do it. Uh, the recent season of Chucky, uh, season two, it ends. It starts with a Halloween episode and it ends with a Christmas episode. So there was a nice little Christmas special episode they did.
1: That was actually really good. I enjoyed it. Sweet, I love um, the X Files did a Christmas special once where Mulder and Scully go into a haunted house on Christmas Eve and meet uh, an old ghost couple who try to like convince them that like life's not worth living and to kill themselves. And it was Ed Asner. And I don't remember who played the, the female ghost, but remember Ed Asner used the word, uh, para masturbatory to describe what Mulder does. And he was like, what? <laughs> it was, it's a great moment. Um, uh, I love a, a Christmas episode of a show. Um, I'm trying to think of others like, uh, I love every year the, the Simpsons Christmas specials. I watch those every year.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't do the Halloween specials, the Treehouse support They always do a Christmas one. Yeah, yeah. And Disney oh, Plus I'm is,
1: like, given, like, there's a whole section where you can just watch the Christmas episodes, which is great.
0: At least anything on Halloween. They'll just, like, separate the Treehouse episodes if you want to watch those only. I like that. Um I was uh what was it speaking at Disney uh they're once a, the Mickey Mouse once oh
1: god once, once upon, upon a time.
0: Christmas right Thank you they did yeah. two of them it was once upon and twice upon a Christmas both those are wonderful um, They did
1: they did one um do you remember House of Mouse Yeah 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 I still don't get why the hell that's not on Disney Plus I loved that show as a kid But um they did one it was Mickey's Magical Christmas Snowed in at the House of Mouse and it was like a series of Disney Christmas specials including the like their version of A Christmas Carol with Scrooge McDuck. Uh, it's like a little variety show thing they did with House of Mouse. So I, I I like that a lot. Now that's kind of in the void because there's, I don't know why House of Mouse is just kind of gone, but I'd love to watch that again.
0: Yeah, it, it's weird. That That's kind of a weird thing, though. It's like they'll pull some stuff. And then I, I think it's probably rights so issues. That's the whole thing. Like why HBO Max doesn't have Tales from the crypt. People are like, why don't you have that? It's an HBO show, and they're like, well, it's tangled up in a shit ton of rights issues.
1: But House of Mouse was on the Disney Channel. It stars all of Disney's original characters, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and has cameos from Disney's movie characters. So it's all it's Disney by Disney for Disney. Like, I don't see how anybody but Disney could have the rights to this.
0: That's true too. Disney is very weird. Look, we're not getting a physical release of Barbarian thanks to Disney for. No, have you ever noticed it's only on HBO Max? I just assumed it hadn't
1: happened yet. That's not happening. It's have. They have not said anything about a physical release. Shit, that's the downer. I was looking forward to owning that one. Same.
0: I don't know what their hatred on that is. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah, I mean Christmas episodes, or I can not remember them off the top of my head. I know I definitely, I know Buffy would do a, a, a Christmas episode. Um, of course, camera off top of my head, as always. But uh, I think it's because I think it's because like literally as soon as like I kid growing up, as soon as like it turned to the summer, like right after Thanksgiving, I was like watching those cartoons all the time.
1: I was always confused that the Flintstones had a Christmas episode because it takes place like before the birth of Christ. I'm like, who are you celebrating?
0: Flintstones got to celebrate Christmas, also. I
1: guess. Rock, I don't know, Rock Christ or something, but yeah, Christ, uh, <laughs> I love like sitcom episodes. Of, uh, like uh, they did an episode of Third Rock from the Sun, where the aliens experience Christmas for the first time, and somebody keeps putting mistletoe up in uh, Dick Solomon's office, and he keeps grabbing it out of the wall, thinking it's a weed. He's like, again, the roots must be somewhere upstairs. <laughs> like he's throwing it away, <laughs> and he gets like arrested for stealing a Christmas tree off the side of the road. And uh, it leads to him like being, you know, a Scrooge. He hates Christmas because he got arrested and he's a teacher. And um, the students were passing around Chris- uh, Christmas cookies. And he's like, oh, isn't that nice? And he goes over and he grabs like, oh, look, one of Santa's reindeer. Watch it fly and hurls it to the back of the class. <laughs> he like, starts tearing up the cookies. It's so fucking funny.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, it, sitcoms are like, I actually kind of like sitcoms are usually the best because like, They will always go for the easy of, like, how can we just have fun with
1: the craziness of the holiday and just make people laugh for, like, 30 minutes. Um, To date, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, their first Christmas special, where they finally got to drop the F-bomb, and Charlie uttered the immortal phrase, Did you fuck my mom, Santa Claus?
0: (laughs) Did you fuck my mom, Santa? (laughs) (laughs) That was a great, and I love that it was a longer episode. I think like an almost hour long episode. Like they went all out on that one.
1: Yeah, they we even got a nice like Rudolph style animated segment. Like that was great.
0: <laughs> God, yeah, ah, oh, God, the always, always sunny is such a good show. Figure out how good that one. Yeah, the way he looks at Santa in that scene, and the did you fuck my mom, Santa? And he's like,
1: what? <laughs> and then I think he like bites the guy's nose off or something, and he just goes ape shit in front of a bunch of children. <laughs> oh. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love a good Christmas special. It's always good. But I don't know why anybody thought to apply that to Star Wars. I
0: feel like it could have worked if they
1: had put just a tad bit more thought into this. Um... A little bit of effort, a little bit of money, Maybe. Just bite the bullet and call it Christmas instead of making up some weird ass Wookiee holiday that they never explain.
0: Yeah, I'm mean, like, I get it. Like, obviously, it's a whole thing now. Like, oh, so do all these planets except you know believe in Jesus. Like, it's a whole thing you gotta consider. But like, you didn't even bother to explain this. You could have done similar, Like, hey, it's what the galaxy celebrates is Life Day. And come with a quick little backstory that made me go, oh, okay.
1: I do love that the Mandalorian canonized Life Day by having the mando's first bounty in the show be like i'm just trying to get back to my family for life day <laughs> oh yeah life day and um
0: the cartoon segment of this are the only things that are considered canon
1: yeah the boba's like weapon is mando's weapon too
0: yeah but that's cuz the cartoons the only thing people liked
1: yeah it's like it's included in the bonus features on the box set
0: Yep, and so on... cartoon and this is my this is why i was confused when we we're talking about this i thought this was on disney plus the cartoon segment is on Disney plus.
1: So like, are the absolutely. like Ewok movies they made. Like this is the only piece of star Wars that has been completely buried. Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause like, look, those Ewok movies are terrible also. Um,
0: So it's like, this isn't its first dabble with bad in the star Wars universe. It's, it's a dabble. They've done more than once. Um, That's true. This is, this is the one that they're like, we must bury this at all costs.
1: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you're somebody who already doesn't like star Wars you know who you are and then somebody shows you this you you might just cut sci-fi out of your life altogether
0: (laughs) oh god i look man i i so in case anyone's right when i put this on the schedule like i was like okay let's put this on schedule it's first off i didn't realize not you know other than youtube not exactly the easiest thing to find and then I was like, I heard about it, and then as I'm sitting there, I was like, I can this is bad. I was like, this is so bad. I had one point where like they started playing a song, and I quite loudly said, Oh god, not another fucking
1: terrible song. I was just sitting there, like getting like my eyes starting to like to glaze over, just listening to with no subtitles. I right. <laughs> just watching some terrible ewok costume or wookiee costumes just growl at each other and then it just kept going and then we get like a weird cirque du soleil thing and then they just keep they go back to that
0: i was never more happy when this thing ended and uh um yorkython has been going on this week For those who don't know what that is uh adam green and joe lynch's annual um save a Yorkie charity event they do they used to do it for 48 hours but they sit awake the entire time 48 hours mm-hmm. um and there are other proceeds go to a, a yorkie rescue that they donate to and they do yorkie specifically because adam green's dog is a yorkie um nice and all the proceeds go to that they do a silent auction stuff all this they go all out right bring in celebrity guests they do all this stuff one of the things they've done every year is they do audio commentaries, and they have a buddy of theirs that does a spot-on Schwarzenegger impersonation. And he's become such a fan favorite that they always do an audio commentary of one of Schwarzenegger's films with the impersonator acting as Schwarzenegger. This year they picked Terminator. and They had him and then a, uh, a David Lynch impersonator. <laughs> And also the thing is this week, this year it's a week long thing. So in case we're going, oh my god, they're like almost, I think I, both of them was in their fifties. It's a week long thing because they're only getting older and it's getting harder to do the awake forty eight hour straight thing. But uh, I was never more happy than like when this ended. I say this because when this ended, Josh comes out. And he's like, "Hey, they're about they're getting ready to do the 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 Terminator audio concert." I was like, "Yep," and I have, like put in my fucking copy of Terminator. We blew that up, and I went from watching the shittiest thing to laughing my ass off at audio commentary of fucking two impersonators just riffing for an entire fucking movie.
1: That's good. That's better than this abysmal travesty. Oh,
0: it was great. Best part was like Adam Green. Half the time, you could just hear him laughing, like he was barely asking, pressing because he kept having to get away from the mic. He just kept laughing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I followed this with Chicken Run cuz I was I don't know why I'd had that movie in my head for a while. And it'd been a while since I watched it and I was like this is way better than I mean, honestly I could have just, you know, watched my cat licking himself and I would have been like this is better than the Star Wars holiday specials.
0: I could have played God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> oh,
1: no, I, I already beat that so that wasn't on the in the cards for me.
0: Okay, well, it's on the cards for me. I'm so currently playing um, no spoilers for those who are playing. Don't you dare spoil it for me. Real um, quick,
1: I did watch the honest game trailer for God of War 2018, I hadn't seen that. And uh, their fake trailer for it was Dad of Boy, their fake name for the for the game. And I just wanted to shout that out because it's funny as hell.
0: Gosh, boy, I look, I get it. Quick side note, we'll get back on track, I promise. I get why he obviously says Atreus 10 times more on this new one. I get character arc, like. Character development wise, get it, but I do miss hearing like, boy, like all of the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if I remember correctly, there is a big moment in that where all of a sudden Kratos takes some parental charge and it yells out, boy. So it does happen again. I will get erect the moment that that happens.
0: <laughs> okay. <sighs> On that note, um, so yeah uh most holiday specials i do enjoy where they be you know obviously like i said the the i think it's like rankin is who did like a bunch of the ones on I, I i saw as a kid like you know your rudolph and santa claus coming to town or it'd be something like that that actually this is a whole large of just fun little movies or like you said you know whenever they do the christmas episodes of various different tv shows we enjoy watching nine times in i think it's safe to say we enjoy it it gets festive it's fun this is not a hit <laughs>
1: just call this the exception
0: yeah on that note let's get into development hell shall we oh yeah okay so when originally outlining the the first film and planning his potential sequels so this is where first one's even out george lucas came up with an idea for a film just about wookies and literally nothing else like so he had an idea about just wookies stewing for a while (laughs)
1: I love that for every good, uh, every amazing, like, fil- cinema changing idea that George Lucas has, he has about 50 horrible ones that he doesn't run by anybody.
0: I'm going to say it right now. It's going to be a hot take. When George Lucas is left his own devices, it usually is not a good thing.
1: Yeah. Certain directors need a Lawrence Kasdan or an Irvin Kirshner or Richard Marquand to anchor them in reality and tell them, hey, maybe think think this through again.
0: <laughs> yes, because when it doesn't, you get the prequel trilogy, which I know there's been a turnaround, and even I, I guess to they're not the worst things out there, but the quality is drastically below what that, to me, what the original trilogy is, and that was 100% George Lucas having free reign keys to the kingdom for his franchise. Um, or in the case of Indiana Jones, and Spielberg not telling his friend no to the fourth film script. So I'll say it right now again, might be a hot take. This man's left to his own devices, not always the best thing.
1: See, I don't see, I think in like nine, in nineteen eighty five that would have been a hot take. But now I think everyone's kinda like, yeah, he's he he needs he needs he to need, stop. He needs
0: he needs assistance. <laughs> yeah. Not taking away what he's done when it comes to Star Wars. I'm not taking any of that away. And obviously, a lot of it was his ideal. So I'm not doing anything. I'm not saying that. Absolutely happy for his success and happy for what he's done for cinema. But, however, the
1: man needs someone at home. Not the best idea of the other, George. <laughs> I still can't believe this. this thing didn't just kill the franchise irreparably like when they were prepping empire i'm surprised fox wasn't like do we really want to gamble on the guy who who tanked star wars with the special i don't know if this is a good idea
0: (laughs) i think it's just like watching that special on repeat just like why why are we doing this
1: i also hope that for the rest of his career somebody Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Peter Mayhew, anybody, whenever they saw George, they'd just be like, hey, have a great life day. Or something like that. I would that's, never let him live this down if well, I knew him that's how they should.
0: That's how they should end his interview, so he doesn't walk out on them. It had to be nice. And right before he's like, it's been a very good interview. Thank you, George. Also, happy life day. And just watch it drop. Watch his face
1: drop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. If, interview, if interviewers had any balls, they would do that. I, I would just for the
0: lulls. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's how this started. Lucas had no one telling him maybe drop the idea about Wookiees and nothing else there, but <laughs> then along comes Star Wars when it was released, or aka, as we all call it now, A New Hope. Um After the Huge success, and that is for a whole different podcast about what that film did for cinema. And Austin, Uh
1: you know what podcast that is.
0: Yes, Austin. Look, Austin. I understand probably more than anyone on this team how much you don't want to do that because you don't care for those. I get that. I do this podcast every single week. (laughs) You got to do it. But yes, trust me. I, I know it'll be painful. I know you're going to be saying through if we don't care for her. But know that I'm with you in spirit because I do this every week. <laughs> every <laughs> single week. And I have had so many doubts about this show because of it. But I believe in you, Austin. You got this.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting episode when we finally do it. But anyway, yeah. When Star Wars: A New Hope does happen, that is where it will happen.
0: Yes. So, because again, that's a whole different thing about the the game changer that that film was. For this purpose, though, for our show, know that it was a huge, huge, huge success. Avatar lever success, as much as I hate to use that as an example, but that's probably the best I got. Or Avengers Endgame. Take which one you will. Um, the cast. Uh, yeah after just filmed, the cast make a few appearances on various TV variety shows. So the cast, obviously, big boost. They started popping up in various TV shows, usually variety shows, talk shows, right? Big star power boost. Bam. Now, according to a Mr. Charles Lippincott, head of marketing of the Star Wars Corporation, CBS brought the idea of doing a TV special to him and Lucas. That's what he claims.
1: You know, that sounds to me like it wasn't my idea. Yep. (laughs) That's everyone involved saying, well, this wasn't my fault.
0: (laughs) Exactly, because guess what? There's been some internal disputes of this claim.
1: Yep. No one wants to date responsibility for this nightmare. I get that.
0: Yeah, no one does. I'll give this next guy credit. He just straight up puts everyone on blast. He says, according to Mr. J.W. Winsler, everybody thought a TV special was a good idea. So he said, you know what? No. Fuck you. We all thought it was a good idea. Like he did a weird double down that even I'm kind of impressed by as the king of doubling down. Um, I'm all like, oh, okay. Not only did you say, uh-uh, uh-uh. War taking the blame on this one.
1: Yeah. We're all going down with this ship. I, I respect that. It's like you know, you know, fuck me, no, no, fuck we. <laughs> like, I, 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 respect that.
0: <laughs> yeah, fuck me, no, 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 all of us.
1: <laughs> George, get over here! God damn it.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's the that's the dispute. Someone doesn't want to take blame, except one guy who said we are taking blame. <laughs> So he he must have like these he had had like the safest fucking position to say that like I can say that they won't fire me fuck it Yeah.
1: I want to go as far down the totem pole of responsibility as I can to see who lost their job for this because <laughs> there's no way somebody didn't
0: I could not find that information but someone probably did and probably some some unfortunate PA <laughs> oh yeah they
1: just they tossed the coffee guy. yeah how could you let us do this why did you get us coffee enough to tell us this was a bad idea i wonder if anyone's written a book about this like that'd be a fun thing to do like interview everyone still alive who was involved and try to
0: that will talk about it
1: well i feel like if just to get it out of their off their chest i doubt i could get to harrison ford but i feel like i could get to everybody else you probably could my camera actually
0: probably wouldn't mind talking about i feel like he'd be pretty like whatever now
1: well, traditionally, Carrie Fisher was the only one who would openly say, like, yeah, that was a piece of shit, but I was in it. Mark Hamill would be like, "Ah, oh, that's, uh, that, that. you know, let's talk about something else. And Harrison Ford would straight up be, fuck you, if you even I brought it he, up.
0: He acted like it didn't exist. He'd be like, I'm sorry,
1: what? Star Wars? Never heard of it, kid. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Patriot games, or can I fuck off right now? Can I go... Let's talk about Indiana Jones. I got pot to smoke and a plane to fly. Let's do this. Air
0: Force One, baby.
1: <laughs> How many times do you think when he's flying his little Cessna over like, National Parks, does he just mutter him to himself, get off my plane?
0: Every <laughs> single time since that one time he crashed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the plane told him to get off the plane. He survived, don't come at me. He is still alive and apparently kicking ass in the new Indiana Jones at almost 80 goddamn years old. Um either way, as far as um this whole who who is to blame. Um the special exists, so you know what that means. The special would go forward, but with little involvement, surprisingly, from Lucas. Um, since he was apparently busy moving his production company to a new location.
1: So he basically, he wrote down life day, itchy, lumpy, and then handed it to somebody else. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Again, that sounds more like it's not my fault.
0: Exactly. So it's <laughs> like, well, do you have any right to rock out of energy there, George? Because it sounds like had you maybe been more involved and also just not focused so hard on Wookiees. Um, that would have helped. But yeah, so he... Apparently, very low involvement, except being the ideal man, which they were going to make sure he didn't forget. Um... (laughs) Lucasfilm producer Gary Kurtz has claimed supposedly fucking finger pointing has claimed that it did start out a lot better with a stronger script and um, with their involvement. But eventually they had to focus more of their intention on the next Star Wars film uh, and along with the move. So then it got down to the occasional meetings and providing them access at the very least to the needed props and actors. And that was about it.
1: Yeah. I wonder if this had been a huge success, they would still be like, oh, we had very little involvement in that. Yeah, right. It's almost like everyone's like, oh yeah, I was uh, not really
0: involved with it at all. Nope.
1: You know, it also gives the vibe of like, if I had been involved, this would have been a lot better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Especially with this one, like, oh, I mean, it was a lot better and we were very involved. And then, you know, we had to focus on the other the other film. And like, look, hindsight's 2020, so you can say that now. But for those who don't know their film history, Empire Strikes Back wasn't exactly a hot ticket item um, when it originally came out. It has grown in reverence throughout the years and certainly on the best, but there was some backlash to that
1: film when it came out. Also, Lucas came up with the idea but i believe lawrence kasdan wrote the script and irvin kershner directed it so how busy exactly was he
0: yeah so it's you have him that yeah he came up with the ideal but then you have a film that at the time was i mean it was a hey because it was the sequel to something people wanted but at the time it was facing some backlash so it's like but yeah. now that obviously history has found its way and that, you know, very many, myself included, do think Empire Strikes Back is the absolute best thing Star Wars has ever given us. Um, and the Hollywood Specialized Place, now people can be like, oh, yeah, see, I, I had to focus on Empire Strikes Back. I had to focus on that. I
1: didn't, I didn't have time for this piece of shit. I feel like if Lucas had been more involved in Empire Strikes Back, if he'd been, you know, oversaw complete production, it very well could have been Star Wars 2 Lumpy's Island Adventure. Or some shit. Because apparently he was all in on Wookiees. He loved the Wookiees. He loved the Jedi, like crazy backstory shit. Yeah. I'm I'm it's so weird. He's his own worst enemy.
0: He is. Like between the Wookiee thing, and then obviously everyone knows that. I don't want, I don't want to hammer it on too much, but the his insistence on inserting things into his films, so then there's glaring CGI like horrendous CGI and like films from the seventies and eighties. I wasn't there when it released, like
1: ever, oh my, you ever no. seen a deleted scene where job of the hut is like a fat Irish gangster. No. Yeah. The original job of the hut was just a big chubby guy in a bunch of furs being like, Han, me boy. Why haven't you, why haven't you paid me? It's so weird. <laughs> then they CGI the big slug thing into it. And everyone was like, okay, so this is job now. All right. Not every idea is a good one. I'll just say that.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not saying like he shouldn't do like obviously he's he owns that stuff he knew what he wants but give people the option like I would love it if I could watch if when I boot up fucking a new hope and it's like do you want to watch it the original or do you want to watch with all the George Lucas changes at least I have that option that's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Hashtag release the Lucas cut. Oh wait, we. That's the only one we can get. That's, that's all we got. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Ah, all right. So surprisingly,
0: George Lucas is uncredited in this film.
1: I bet. I bet he he insisted.
0: He probably insisted. Um, may have been uncredited, but guess what? It was Lucas's idea to build this narrative around Chewbacca's family. So ah. Maybe uncredited, they're a big guy, but this movie was your fucking ideal. Um. CBS took it upon themselves to hire experienced variety show writers and producers. So, basically, he came up with that idea and CBS said, okay, cool, we'll handle, like, getting people that know how to do a variety show and get them on board. Um, Because, you know, George Lucas, we don't need you ever directing your own ideals, apparently. (laughs) Or writing them.
1: No, we want it's weird after star wars they were very much like all right we want this world but we don't want you so just go away
0: i feel like they were probably like yeah we'll just get george lucas and then he would go to pitch me and be like can we get anyone else to write and direct this thing because great idea but oh my god
1: never forget the original title and like plan of star wars was something like you know, the Legends of the Wills, Chapter 11, the Star Wars, like as told by Anakin Starkiller. So, you know, he, from there and many, 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 many rewrites later, we got Star Wars as we know it. But if, he just green, if you just green light your first draft, you end up with the Star Wars Holiday Special. So always run your idea by somebody. Don't surround yourself with yes men. You got to have somebody who tells you you're an idiot once in a while. I've got mine. He's right there. So you got to have that or else you end up with the fucking Star Wars holiday special.
0: I I only do it to you out of not wanting you to look stupid.
1: I know. And I appreciate that.
0: It just also means I do it very sarcastically, but that's not the point.
1: (laughs) I wish you'd been there for George. This could have been better. You've just been he like, matters, George, I what like, the fuck are you thinking? Lumpy? Really? <laughs> also,
0: I was I only George would want someone like me. I'm like, dude, seriously? What is this? Is it going to be subtitles? No? Are you a fucking idiot?
1: Are you high? Well, don't answer that second question. It's the 70s. Absolutely. But <laughs> obviously, he doesn't have that in Steven Spielberg because we saw with Crystal Skull. Spielberg is not able to say no to his good friend George. I would have looked at him and, like, you're rewriting this
0: ending. I'm throwing this in the trash. Take your pick there, Georgia boy. You're my friend. Yeah, and you will be a straight ending. Let's let's try this again.
1: Go write Red Tails and leave me alone. I've got an Indiana Jones movie to make. <laughs> and
0: if he insists, I'd be like, okay, you no, know what? fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. Insist. Let's do it. I would have filmed that whole thing and then showed him the credit card and be like, look, see what people are saying? See what, look you did this.
1: You. You. You put if you put aliens in my Indiana Jones movie, then I'm putting Nazis in the next Star Wars movie. So think about it. Do you want that, George? Because I will fucking do it. Yeah, George would not want me (laughs) as we do
0: and shit like that. Put an alien in my film. I will put Nazis in your next Star Wars films. Make your
1: choice there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph from Planet Reich is going to be one of the main villains. Is that what you want? Honestly, you know what? They. Spielberg would probably make it work he's a better filmmaker than George Lucas
0: yeah I would also at that point just remind him how much he needs me be like look I know I'm your friend I'm like your bestie but like you need me so you really wanna tell me no (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah I just I, I already was on the fence with George Lucas before I watched this and now I'm pretty much I'm not on team George anymore I've never been on
0: Team George. I enjoy Star Wars myself. Just never been on Team George. Um, actually, some of the best Star Wars content we've had, he has not been attached. I am looking at you, Mandalorian, and the recently ended indoor andor andor. Um, some of the best fucking shit they've put out with Star Wars and who hasn't been attached in any way? George Lucas. Yeah.
1: Dave Filoni has been hospitalized for a broken spine after carrying this franchise on his back for the past twenty years.
0: They, yeah, <laughs> Dave Filoni, and I think uh, Tony Gilroy did uh, Andor. He did. I think he was attached to like the Bourne films and um yeah. Michael Clayton.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it it shows like that vibe is there. Like it, I'm, those moments. I'm like, am I even watching a Star Wars show? Like, I mean that in a completely positive light. For those of you who haven't seen Andor, I implore you to give that show a chance. It's so fucking good. I don't
1: like that there's an Endor and an Andor in the Star Wars universe. If
0: there's not an Endor, I keep saying that like an asshole.
1: Yeah. Endor. Yeah, it's the planet with the with the Ewoks.
0: Oh yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. I mean Andor. I mean, I mean case K- Cassian. Cassian K- I K- do K- say his name. Cassian. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're if you're looking for something different in your Star Wars and you're I highly recommend it. There's people that they did not advertise in the show that are in the show, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Um, so good show. This episode
1: not sponsored by Andor on Disney Plus.
0: No, in no way, (laughs) in any shape, sponsored. Just like talking about the good side of Star Wars. Free plug. (laughs) All right. Well, so with these writers, one of those was Bruce Valanche.
1: Oh yeah, Bruce Valanche. Yeah. Valanche? Guy, yeah, Valanche. He's the guy that every time they do a South Park Halloween episode, everyone thinks Cartman is dressed up as Bruce Valanche because he's so fat.
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, this man that South Park has been fun of, um, he, you're going to get kicked out of this because I don't know, you probably noticed it. And I thought at first, well, maybe it's like the, the uh, you know YouTube upload. There's no fucking subtitles when the Wookiees talk. That was, a, that was actually a creative choice by Lucas. Um, and Bruce Valanche was the only one who expressed concern about the decision to center the special on a species who grunts in a fictional language without subtitles.
1: Yeah, we don't have that problem with Chewbacca because he's got Han there to translate and be like, well, what do you mean you don't like it? And I, I, talk to Chewbacca. If you just had Chewbacca and that was it, well, obviously we see what that would be like, but it's we, we it's it. horrible. It's boring and confusing, and we don't like it.
0: And dare I say, irritating after a while of hearing just animal noises,
1: especially the little one who's like Meh! like he, it's it's he, it's wookie, but it's loud, shrieky wookie.
0: Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm look, I'm turning like thirty in like a few days, I, a couple, yeah, a few days now. Um, and, like, shit like that, it's just, it's like, I'm getting older, and, like, shit like that just gives me more and more of a headache. I'm like, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> you have no patience for alien children. I like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone who knows me, I know you're like, really? You listen to a lot of heavy? I'm like, I know. I like that music, though. I don't like a fucking wiki child screaming his head off.
1: I was totally on board with that stormtrooper who was just trashing his bedroom and destroying his toys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was like,
1: you know what? Destroy that goddamn house.
0: <laughs> fucking destroy it. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, he's the only one that expressed concern. It's amazing how one guy one guy is like, hey, maybe not a good ideal.
1: And George was like, nah, it's okay. So yes. I bet he's not very argumentative. He's just more like, no. I'm gonna do what I want.
0: Pretty much, because keep in mind, this is a year after at the time, just titled Star Wars came out, um, which means he's kind of a hot ticket item. Technically, At that point, he is like top of the board, like you know, everyone wants to fucking work with them at this point. So he had creative. He had, even with his little involvement, he had, he pretty much was saying, "I'm not budging." That's how it was. he would not budge on. In his words, his vision.
1: Oh my god, I bet he, I bet he used that exact word constantly. Like, this is my vision. This is Star Wars. It's gonna, it's gonna look like this, and there's gonna be Wookies talking, and you're not gonna know what they're saying, but you're gonna understand it in your soul. I promise. It's like poetry, it rhymes. That's my George Lucas. You're welcome. I'm here. I'm here all week. That was the worst impression. I think it was pretty accurate. He he talks like what what's it good? He talks like Milton from Office Space. <laughs> I was told there would be cake.
0: No, George. <laughs> would not budge. Now the special apparently would go through two directors.
1: Competing visions, huh?
0: Yeah, well, so the first one, David Akumba, uh, he was brought in to make them uh different in variety shows because he didn't really have a lot of background. So we're like, oh, look at someone that's a little different, you know. Make ours different from others. Okay, not a bad idea. This is the problem though. Akumba was unfamiliar with a multiple camera setup which cars obviously some problems he doesn't know how to basically direct with the setup they have for the special that they're filming
1: and no one saw that as quite a big problem maybe don't hire this guy who doesn't know how to make a multi camera <laughs> sick like movie thing what did he think this was going to be like a 1915, like single film camera that just points in one direction. I
0: don't know.
1: <laughs> My God. I love stories where it's so easy to see like who's incompetent. <laughs> yeah. And why this thing has um, gone down the way it has. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's a thought, maybe hire a director who knows how to use a camera. Yeah. Maybe. Good start.
0: And then, on top of that, this is going to give you a good laugh now.
1: He felt there was a divide between himself and the producers. I'm sensing some tension here. Could we we resolve this? Yeah. Like, well, could you learn how to use the fucking camera? Could you learn how to direct a multi-camera setup? How much you want to bet that guy didn't watch Star Wars either? Oh, my God. I bet, yeah. I I bet he's never seen Star Wars, and he didn't know how to use the camera, and he didn't understand why the producers didn't like him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, oh,
1: that's astonishing.
0: Yeah, it is amazing how they how he was her first pick. Um, so he ultimately chose to leave the project after only a few scenes were finished. So, still a lot to go. So he would get replaced by a man. My name is Steve Binder. Um, his only contact, and I shit you not, only contact with Lucasfilm was a Wookiee Bible detailing how the species should look and behave. Oh
1: my god, Lucas was not budging on his vision. Lucas wrote a Wookiee Bible on how Wookiees, how they're like, where they come from, what they do. Yes, instead of just saying. Instead of giving the okay for some subtitles, he was like, "Make sure they can communicate to the audience through body language, and we just know what they want." God, I I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine how hard it was to work with this guy. I would have just done the subtitles anyway and said, "Fuck it,"
0: but just yeah, not like, told
1: him till like the day it was airing.
0: You know who has more power? The fucking TV producers. Like I would have been like, "We are putting fucking subtitles on this." Like
1: pronto. So when this was screened for the producers, did they not once go like, "I what what the hell are the are the Bigfoot looking things saying?" I want to know. I want to know what the hairy things are saying. And Lucas was like, "No, it's my, my vision. vision. <laughs> it's my vision." He would get along real well with Michael Crichton, another guy who would walk on monkey related issues <laughs> when it comes. To the acting of big hairy creatures, that's apparently the line for a lot of filmmakers.
0: <laughs> God bless her of the hell's directing kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these monkeys are incredible actors, now, how they do wow. their lines so well. I
0: didn't know we could get one second to talk. How the hell did they find these other three films?
1: I didn't know we could get ones that could talk. <laughs> oh, man. I love how stupid most people in Hollywood are. It really is amazing.
0: And these are the people making our entertainment. <laughs> oh, God. But apparently this man was able to work off the bookie Bible and finish the damn film. Um, Real, real I mean,
1: quick. Do you ever think that guy had a moment of like, what the fuck has my career become? I'm, yeah, we got I'm, hands of Wookiee Bible. Yeah, while he's directing the Wookies, and he's like, "No, not I want more of a Rrr. can you Can you do that for me?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: He's just sitting there. It is just it is his fucking trailer. If he even has one. With <laughs> his Wookiee Bible just sitting there going, what the fuck happened?
1: I want him to call George and be like, uh George, I can't understand this. It's like it's in some other language. And he's like, Well, of course, Steve, it's it's in the Wookiee language. Like they why would I write you a Wookiee Bible in English or as I call it in the Star Wars universe, basic? Like, you gotta like, think these things through, Steve. It's my vision.
0: I'll like say my vision, Steve.
1: <laughs> oh, this is this is amazing. God.
0: Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> well, as we as we know, because it exists, the film would get released, and very quickly cement its place in history not just film history in fucking history <laughs> to this day critics audiences and the very toxic Star Wars fan base that exists have all come together on the one thing and that is that they have universally lambasted and absolutely despised this film.
1: It it is um it's amazing it's like it's a rite of passage for Star Wars fans, like you, if you like Star Wars, you got to suffer through this thing at least one time. You just have to. It's it's part of it's part of the journey, part of the vision. You <laughs> have to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and the best part is it's not even like just the fan base or critics. even the cast and crew, as we kind of alluded to earlier, have continued to to this again to this very day to distance themselves from the film with Harrison Ford uh, Han Solo himself not acknowledging its existence
1: and constantly claiming he's never seen it and at some point probably saying fuck you. Um. I feel like every time this is brought up to Harrison Ford in an interview he has another accident like when he broke his leg on the Falcon when they were filming episode 7. It's like it's in his head, and he's like, "God damn it! I was in that piece of shit in the seventies. Why did I ever fucking decide to do this? I could be a great carpenter right now. Oh shit!" And then he falls on something.
0: He <laughs> uh he ever thinks he he complains to a uh, good old Callister Flockhart. For those of you who don't know, they're, they're they've been married for quite a while, actually. I don't think they're
1: married. They're just Are they, they've
0: been together for quite a while. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. he ever just complains to her like, "I was in
1: this goddamn special." <laughs> I bet he complains about everything to Callista, and I, I bet it's like white noise to her. I bet she can't go to sleep without some grumbling from old Harry. It's it's just part of her life. It has been for quite some time. You know, when she's like, oh, I'm going to be in that new Supergirl series on CBS, and he's like, I never did that superhero bullshit. That's not who I am. I don't even like acting. Why did I decide to do this? God damn it, Callista!" It's everything. And she's like
0: harry did you did you take your viagra all right just come on i know what makes you happy quick handy and we'll go to bed <laughs> he just grumbles through the whole thing
1: indiana jones hasn't entered the temple of doom in quite some time <laughs> it's unfortunate yeah there is
0: actually i think a pretty big uh somewhat significant age gap between them i believe
1: uh He's Harrison Ford. I don't think he's aware of how old he is. I feel like they've been propping him up like a mummy for the past twenty years. (laughs) He could he he could just go away. He he could retire. He doesn't need to do this shit anymore. But he's still he's still doing it. Yeah,
0: like look again. I think we talked about before in a prior episode. Like Harry, buddy, you're doing Indiana Jones. You're in the upcoming. It comes out this month. This newest spinoff to Yellowstone, one of the biggest hit shows on television right now, in 1923, like you're still choosing to act. You're just being a grumpy guest along
1: the way. He's he's 80, and he did marry Callista in 2010. Oh, okay, yeah, shit. He's got five kids. It's from Chicago. He's 6'1 and he's gonna he joined the Marvel universe. So he apparently did join that superhero shit
0: oh yeah that's right they're talking about playing uh thunderbolt ross yeah uh stop being a grumpy guest harrison we love you i love a
1: lot of your movies but god damn it man i did love when they, he was doing the press junket for force awakens he was a little bit more upbeat about it well we know if you've seen the movie we know why <laughs> yeah he got to you got to kill anyway, that um, his wish, yeah, it's like finally, I can kill that son of a bitch, <laughs> but um, he went on Conan and Conan said, "I've got a thousand dollars cash here if you can tell me something about the new Star Wars movie, and Ford took the cash and said, "I hear they're thinking of making another one
0: <laughs> That's awesome,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that is great! You think he's borrowed to watch the sequel, so he just has wiped his hands clean.
1: Yes, I don't. He doesn't go to premieres. I don't think he just does the work, then goes home, and then just waits for the phone to ring and does it, but complains the whole time.
0: Close <laughs> is just rolling her eyes like, "God damn it!"
1: I wonder how they got him to film that cameo in Rise of Skywalker because you know he's like, "What? Now I got to be a fucking ghost." I bet that I was really I was hard to get him on board for that,
0: right? I thought I was done. You told me I, Harrison. Harrison,
1: the deal was twenty million, and I fall off the bridge. Why are you reneging on this deal?
0: Oh God. Ah. Uh... I know. I mean, I saying
1: like it, but we we actually we quite love Harris Ford. It's just his his
0: grumpy guest attitude is like one of the greatest things.
1: We love his performances. We love his movies. But I feel like getting trapped in an elevator with him would be a fucking nightmare.
0: <laughs> if you try to just say anything you like. I I, I really like. Don't you dare mention Star Wars. I Witness. Just...
1: <laughs> Witness. <laughs> I love you just trying to conjure up some like one off where he might have been proud of it (laughs) presumed innocent was pretty good
0: (laughs) keep keep avoiding the ones that he does like that are considered good so don't ever mention Patriot uh, Patriot games Um, why am I mind blanking oh Indiana Jones obvious one so the Um, rule
1: is no franchises
0: yeah <laughs> okay yeah i don't mention air force one because he likes that one that'll make him happy yeah i keep him grumpy yeah i mentioned the ones he doesn't like
1: How about that christmas special what were you thinking <laughs> <laughs> now what was greener the cash or the pot <laughs> i'll get
0: into that Ooh, later my god the pot there are so many things I'm like, dude, it's so clear.
1: Carrie Fisher's eyes are like dilated the entire time. <laughs> it's so obvious. She's fucked up. There's like, like, yeah, it's clear she's fucked up. It's
0: like there's so many lines that like Harrison Ford delivers and he starts to troll off and you're like, he's fucking stone. He's barely there, people.
1: You know, you mean a lot to me, buddy. You're really, you're part of my family. <laughs> and he just goes and stands in the corner.
0: Oh. <laughs> but he's not the only one that has publicly <laughs> this. This, uh, as we mentioned earlier, George Lucas has also publicly expressed his unhappiness with something that was his ideal and, uh, um, has reportedly done everything in his power to bury it. And as we mentioned earlier, if you ask him it during an interview, don't
1: because he will just get up and leave. <laughs> I wish you could do that as someone who's not famous, just. Somebody asks you a question you don't like, you're just like, Oh, I'm done here. Yeah. <laughs> you just take off. And I'm gone. You only get to do that shit if you're famous.
0: Yeah. Any other time I have to answer the question or else it escalates to a fucking yelling match that I don't want to be a part of. Um, but uh and then yeah, as you mentioned, uh Mark Hamill would do the usual like, oh yeah, 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 I was in that. Let's talk about this like the usual like divert tactic that a lot of actors like to do in interviews and
1: um i would love if it goes like this he's like the interviewer is like so you know in 78 you know before we did you did empire you were in that notorious christmas special why don't you tell us about that and mark was like good question i do love playing the joker and i do it every time i get an opportunity to he just starts answering a different question <laughs> completely unrelated <laughs> i really enjoyed my time as a as the trickster
0: on the flash i I got to bring a lot of the Joker into it. And uh, I thought it was a very rewarding experience.
1: How do you I, how do you handle that as an interviewer? You're like, ah, huh? okay, that, oh, cool. Good. All right. <laughs> Great
0: answer. Back to the question though. <laughs> Let me ask you, I don't think you quite heard me, Mark. It's fine.
1: Ask it again. You're right. I had a great time working on Kingsman. Colin Firth is a very professional actor, and we became really close. (laughs) (laughs) Avoiding avoidance is policy.
0: What would you say to the people that have seen this special? I would say they should uh, that Empire is the best Star Wars film. They should continue to watch it and support any other filmmaker that does Star Wars. I didn't ask about that, Mark. (laughs) ugh yeah Ah, and then uh Carrie Fisher as we said um she's the only one that would after I mean like look Carrie Fisher's you know for her untimely passing her later interviews are fucking gold cause she is like at that point where she's like look I'm older I don't give a shit I'm gonna say what I want and yeah she had zeroes to me like yep I was in it it sucked it was a piece of shit Let's move on. It's like you fucking go, Carrie Fisher. Yeah.
1: She'll go up on stage and be like, you know, George told me not to wear a bra. I guess he wanted this all of the 70s to see my tits. Like she just didn't care. I yeah. I love that. I love that she was just, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's do I it. About... Yeah. I hope so... She straight up said, like, yeah, I slept with Harrison Ford. <laughs> His wife was like, What? <laughs> like she just dropped that bomb when they were doing for either force awakens or last jedi she was just like yeah we we fucked in the in like 1980 everyone collectively went what
0: <laughs> this is looking at him like the fuck and he's like i, I fucking hate this franchise god damn it. it just does nothing but bring it i gotta go handle this now <laughs>
1: oh yeah hilarious so we got denial, we got avoidance, and we got acceptance. For the three, for the three leads of Star Wars.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we got a good, uh, at least three of the stages of grief there. Um, but to end on a slightly positive note, slight positive. Uh, the only positive that was pointed out when it was released and to this very day as well. Has been the animated segment featuring Boba Fett, um, would it be the only part considered canon other than Life Day, and uh, regularly included on home video releases as a bonus feature? And like I said earlier, why I had my confusion on why I thought this special was on Disney Plus, on streamers like Disney Plus, you can actually just watch the Boba Fett segment on Disney Plus.
1: My favorite thing about the animated is that every character looks relatively normal, except for Han Solo, who looks crunched into a ball of self-hatred and i bet that's because that's how harrison ford looked when he was recording his dialogue <laughs> you just add like two lines of coke and a big latte and you've got you got harrison ford in 1978
0: it amazes me what actors like like him or like obviously like famously like daniel craig well they'll do like this They will be they will tie themselves to this movie series this huge movie franchise to paying them tons of money and be the grumpiest human beings the entire time the moment they do something outside of it, they're happy. Like Harrison Ford, I want to know what he was like on an Indiana Jones film where he's happy and he's like, I'm so happy to be here. How, how's everyone doing? <laughs> and Daniel Craig, who like uh Dave Patista, you know, recently talked about how like he got to see a happy Daniel Craig on, on Glass Onion because he wants to fucking be there.
1: But I again I have no sympathy because it's not like any they were they weren't tricked into doing these multi, you know billion dollar franchises, you know, Star Wars and James Bond, like they read the contract. They they saw a five, four, six picture deal, and they said yes. So like shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and like, look forward to my friend, my buddy Pal. You have two iconic characters tied to your name. That does not happen a lot to um actors. They might get like one franchise iconic character. You get two.
1: You want to throw in Rick Deckard and Jack Ryan? He's got four.
0: That's true. Jack Ryan, he is considered the best with his two um Jack Ryan movies. I was scared about Rick Decker. So, yeah, Blade Ryan because, of, yeah, it's like Dave's like, you have you have attained someone that very few actors
1: attain. Yeah, but all he wants to do is smoke pot, fly planes, and You know, Bang Calista. So he could just go do that, but there needed to be a fifth Indiana Jones movie.
0: Sounds like him and uh, John Carpenter could be great friends.
1: (laughs) I wonder if there's like a support group for actors who hate their profession but won't stop. (laughs) Like him, Daniel Craig. Honestly, I can't think of anybody else (laughs) since them so frequently. (laughs)
0: <laughs> how much they hated doing something ah oh, man <laughs> and that's uh, that's all you got on the development hell oh, a lot of as you saw terrible decisions being made
1: yeah honestly it. I don't think we'll ever get a solid answer for how this thing ended up being what it is until somebody takes some responsibility instead of just playing the blame game with everyone else who was involved it's trying to shrug it off. Like, it wasn't my fault. If I'd been there, it would have been great.
0: Right. <laughs> and the one, the one hope of a guy that we thought, okay, he'll do it. It was like, well, we all did. It's like you bastard. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so unless you got anything more of that, I think it is time to move on to our specific awards for this Travis a film. Starting out with Zack Snyder. Also, it's worth seeing what do you got.
1: There are, Options. <laughs>
0: I have a lot of options written down.
1: Oh my god, there's some horrible scenes in there. I have one. Um, I f- I was able to narrow this down because I couldn't believe that this made it into the movie. Um, I really like Harvey Corman in *Blazing Saddles* and *History of the World Part One*. I I'm gonna have trouble w- watching those movies and enjoying his performance now after the f- shit he did in this. Um. So. Mala Chewbacca's wife in her little kitchenette in a tree uh, um, is watching a cooking show starring Harvey Corman in alien blackface doing Julia child while looking like the evil stepmother from Cinderella. And that's, that's a long, it's like a 25 minute scene. Stir, stir, whip, whip, stir, stir. I wanted to kill something. Yeah. (laughs) That thing goes on for fucking Ever.
0: And it's not funny. And you can tell they're doing it. Say, they legitimately think it's funny. I'm like,
1: it's not funny. Harvey Corman plays three characters in this monster. Why?
0: And none of the characters are good.
1: No. But yeah, the weird alien cooking show where there's clearly nothing in the pot. There's four arms. I don't know why the fucking Korman's in blackface. Or, oh God, there's so many. It was just every bad idea combined in one little weird moment.
0: It, yeah, I had this written down myself as one of my options. I was like, I was watching this and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. Why why is this a thing? Um, it's not funny. It, like I said, they keep trying to, like, he's hair's getting all frizzy and he's just like, shake, shake, stir, stir, beat, beat. Like, what the fuck he's saying. And he's like, getting yeah, faster with it. Hair's becoming messy, more arms part up. It. It's meant to be like this goofy, over the top, just crazy thing. And it's just weird. That's all it is. It's just weird to sit through. True. Oh, you know, it was funny. The one I uh, I had that written down, but the one I ultimately with, uh, ultimately went with, um, also involves Harvey Harvey Corbin's character, many characters he plays, and that is the incredibly strange encounter that B Arthur has with him at the bar like right for her before her musical number which is awful in and of itself but right before that like that whole encounter that they're having and how he's like like talking about how he's all obsessed with her her and like the way she's reacting is just odd it, it's a weird fucking scene that like just maybe something like like i started being like please just in please just fucking in and get past this scene because
1: it's weird when she's pouring the drinks into his head for some reason yeah Yeah, that was odd. The Cantina Music number. (laughs) Yeah, that was that that was weird. I it was all weird, but yeah, I. She she was so like off beat with the music. It was just like it was was this thing live? I oh my God, I hope not. I can't tell. It just feels like there was never another take. Art Carney's constantly stumbling over his lines. It feels <laughs> good. Might, have, might
0: have been live. It may have been which we'll just makes this worse. Um Ellie, don't know. Hey, b author, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's right. My mom watched a lot of Golden Doors when I was growing up, so I've seen quite a bit of episodes. Um But what the hell? Like, cause that like she like I said, like her Harvey Corman or Carney, like these are big names for that time they're getting and they are awful, they cannot sing, like you said. B. Arthur, like, she's so out of tune singing. I'm just like, oh wow, they should not have done this. Yeah.
1: And aren't like the people at Chewbacca's house like watching that on TV?
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing. They're like watching the stuff on TV,
1: they're watching Star Wars. That's weird.
0: Yeah, well, they're supposed to be raiding, looking for raiders or rebels, raiders, raiders, looking for people.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh... Well, you know, who am I to argue with George Lucas's vision?
0: Yeah, you know, his vision, right? <sighs> Speaking of his vision, um, let's talk about that Wood. The worst line. What in God's good name do you come up with in this thing? Because there's a lot of options also.
1: Well, I wanted to go just with... But I decided to um get a little bit more creative with the dialogue. um. Art Carney won't just shut the fuck up. He never stops talking. And to this day, I've never seen Harry and Tonto. I do not understand how the hell he defeated Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, uh, Dustin Hoffman, and somebody else who was awesome for Best Actor in 1974. I'm talking Chinatown, The Godfather 2, and Lenny. Fuck happened there. So Art Carney, Academy Award winner, Art Carney is just making a fool of himself and uh, it's when he's on like the uh, the Zoom call with Mala while there's, Rebel, while there's uh, Stormtroopers there. And he's saying, don't worry, Mala. I know just why you're calling. You're wondering when that shaggy carpet you ordered will arrive at your home. And she goes, ah. And he says, let me assure you, madam, it's on its way. You know, it was made especially for you by a little old woman four planets away. She did it all by herself. In fact, you might say she did it by hand solo i was like fuck you mm-hmm. this is i'm not here for puns i'm not here for extended dialogue about your wares and your weird like wallets you keep trying to sell to the stormtroopers like what, what is this
0: i uh and do like you said he doesn't shut up like he it's like it's almost like it feels purposeful, like he's trying to be funny and like oh just have a character that stumbles over his verse doesn't stop talking. But nine times I'm like, dude, this isn't coming off funny at all. I just want you to shut the fuck up half the time.
1: Yeah, when he just yeah. Oh, I got you the thing for the thingamabob here. The what the whatchamacallit? The, the 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 and he just keeps doing that. Like, dude, stop. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, God. Don Don or whatever his name was. I
0: honestly don't remember. I I mind wiped as soon as that this thing ended. Ah, <laughs> uh, mine that I came up with goes to none other than Harrison Ford. <laughs> so goddamn stone. Because again, like when we talk about reason, I also kind of another reason I kind of compare him to like Dan, how Daniel Craig is with like the Transformers franchise versus Glass Island, is that also for someone who hates the character movie-wise, always brings it. Like It's almost like he hates it, but does the fucking job. And I'm like, alright, I don't, okay, whatever. In this case, though, he is stone, it's clear, and so when he delivers this line towards his best friend, who we're supposed to care about the relationship throughout this franchise anyway, but he's so stone, it's like, oh, God. And that's when he looks at him, Wookiee or Chewbacca, I was to say Wookiee, Chewbacca, <laughs> Says so really how he's saying, Who knows? There's no fucking subtitles in this thing. Um, and Han looks at him and goes, I feel the same about you, pal. And your family. Not only is it delivered terribly, think he says, and your family, he keeps staring at Chewie and holds his hand up because he is clearly stoned. And think forgot what to do with his body after saying those words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Yeah, it's all so forced. I don't give a shit about Chewbacca's family, and this movie really wants me to.
0: I don't don't care about Lumpy or Mala or whatever his dad was called. Itchy. Thank you. Itchy.
1: Because he's chewy. So they... Yeah, I guess... What? Itchaka and Lumpaka? Is that their full names? I don't fucking know. I don't care.
0: (laughs) I... I don't know. I don't care. I hated these characters so much.
1: I'm surprised for the worst scene neither of us picked. uh, Chewie's dad just mentally jerking it in the living room.
0: I had that ran down. I almost put that down as like mine. I was like, this is odd and weird and I don't like it.
1: Why did we need a softcore porn moment in the middle of our wholesome family entertainment hour?
0: (laughs) And then followed by another terrible song. (laughs) Oh. Yep. God. All right, let's just get to the next one then. Let's get to the Steven's Goal. the worst performance. Who the hell of our like 20
1: options we have did you pick? For the longest time it was Art Carney. But honestly, I, I I had to I had a moment where I was like, you know what? I expected these people to suck. Like I knew they were they were gonna phone it in here. But I've seen what the principal cast can do. So I I have higher expectations for them. So I gave this to Harrison Ford. Damn. Yeah. Cause I've seen New Hope. I've seen Empire. I've seen Jedi. I've seen Force Awakens. He's good as Han Solo. He when he's in front of the camera, he does give it his all. He cares about where this ends up. It's only in every other aspect of his life that he hates it so much. <laughs> but you're right. He he he's he got too stoned. It screws with his performance. He's clearly as disinterested as possible without getting paid for it. And just could we would rather be anywhere else? And it comes across so much constantly in this little hour and a half special. So, Harry, I know you didn't want to be here. I'm sorry you got talked into it. (laughs) At least you had Empire to do justice by the character again.
0: Yeah, it. I almost wrote him down because I'm like, dude, like, again, it's funny. I always like to joke um so i'll never forget like when i was stationed in washington you know washington state we you know recreational use is legal um and i remember being in like the walmart line like checking out and it took quite a bit because the cashier is very clearly stoned like so anything she said was like drawn out long she was like really taking her time scanning things that's when i was like look i could care less what they do with marijuana as far as if they want to legalize it fairly or not. I, I really, ultimately don't care. If you do, if they do, or if like it's you want a state, for the love of God, just treat it like anything else. Just like you want to come to work drunk, don't come to work high. So, Harry, buddy, pal, you won't film in sex scenes, you won't film anything outrageous, like, just kind of give give something of a shit, because I'm watching essentially, like, my moment with that cashier in Walmart, I'm just like, Please just get off the fucking screen. Just get off the fucking screen.
1: I would love if, if Harrison Ford had instead just gotten completely fucked up on booze and was just like stumbling his way, like missing his mark and just being like, Yeah, I love you, Ch- Chewbacca. Yeah, you're great. Yeah. All right. Lumpy. Great. Yeah. Let's do what? <laughs> like, no, no, it's live. <laughs> just going back into on. You just hear a guy in the background live. Live. If this is all right, I, I'm pretty sure this was. Now I'm thinking about it. There's no way this was live because this never would have gone smoothly at all. So this had to have been. I wonder how many takes it took to get Harrison Ford to look in the right direction. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're left. You're left. So at the. At the, at the carpet thing. Ch- tobacco? What's his name again? Chewbacca. Yeah, that's the one. I gotta look at him. He's my friend. Okay. That's Line? <laughs> he,
0: he finally gets it. I mean... Miss... <laughs> don't say anything about you, pal. <laughs> but
1: then he does, like... There... Her- uh, Harrison, Harrison White... Put your hand down, please, Harrison. Harrison, you gonna see the second sentence? There's more? <laughs> yeah, like three more words. Too many words. In the end, when they're all, like, standing in line, like, watching Chewbacca do Life Day, I'm surprised Harrison Ford didn't, like, just take a sandwich out of his pocket or something and just, like, not care, just, like, start te- tearing down a foot long. Be like missed lunch today because of your stupid shit
0: <laughs> i'm also like i just really have the munchies
1: did you get high again harry buddy no no oh, he's like well let me check am i still on the set of this piece of shit yeah so yes i got high i'm gonna do it again tomorrow too
0: now let me get me eat my sandwich in peace
1: <laughs> i have to little- hug the little lumpy thing i'm gonna be high for it Harrison, we are
0: getting ready to film this scene, though. I'm eating a sandwich.
1: You can either wait for me or film around me. I don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> I am Maybe stoned. Han's
1: hungry, huh? Maybe Han wants a sandwich.
0: I am stone. I am hungry. I hate being here. Let's just move on. <laughs> God, I bet this was difficult. He had to be so fucking difficult on this one. I feel like George, anytime you got... I feel like the only way he was calmed down, the only way they like, calmed the soothing beast was Harrison Ford was to be like, someone get George, and George's twist was in his ear. My vision. <laughs> and that made Harrison go, oh, I'm sorry, George. I would never disrespect you like that. My bad. I got it this time.
1: I bet Spielberg showed up on set to watch and was like, huh, I wonder if he'd play a archaeologist. <laughs> I mean, he's no Tom Selleck, but you know, he's not bad. He doesn't have that stash, but I'll I'll take it. That stash is the reason we ever got Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones because Selleck refused to to shave it. So thank God for that mustache,
0: Well, so Yeah, like I can't ever imagine a life that uh Selleck doesn't have his fucking mustache.
1: Oh fuck Selleck! I'm talking. We got Harrison Ford as as Indy because of that.
0: No, no, I'm glad we got it, but I'm just saying I can never imagine more where like, so it looks like, I'm going to shave this for a movie. Like, the man is synonymous for that fucking yeah. one of the best mustaches on a man I've ever seen. Most most looks like shit. His is good. Do
1: you know the character was Indiana Smith until like the first day they started shooting and somebody was like, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. How about Jones? And Spielberg's like, yeah, alright. Could have been Indiana Smith and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That could have happened. Indiana Smith and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Something about Jones just works. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Doctor. Doctor Jones.
0: Okay, short run. Now, uh,
1: uh
0: No, that's a good pick. I, because uh, we mentioned him earlier. So, you know what's funny? I originally put the one I put thinking he was Art Carney's character because I fucking hate that character so much. And when I was like, oh no, that's Art Carney. And then so then we came to toss up between him and Mr. Harvey Corman that I was deciding between. And that's who I mistake for Art Carney. Um <laughs> I ultimately went with Harvey Corman simply because whereas Art Carney, this is the one thing, he just plays one bad character. Corman doesn't play a single fucking He plays like three or four different characters throughout the same, and they all suck ass.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I don't know why they banked so hard on Harvey Corman. It's weird. Maybe cut some of that bullshit.
0: Never fucking make this thing again. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Now, whew, this one should be interesting for both of us. The Michael Bay, the worst filmmaking decision.
1: Oh, so many mistakes were made on this set where it's like, what do we do? Uh, is it you know shoving Darth Vader into this thing and using some recycled Star Wars footage? and one line from James Earl Jones that has no bearing on the plot? Could that be it? Could it be Harvey Corman? Could it be Leia's Life Day song? Now, to me, the worst mistake this movie made is putting so much content in the hands of Chewbacca's fucking family. <laughs> Fuck your vision, Georgie Porgy. That's why this thing sucks, because we spend most of it with Lumpy, Itchy, and Mala not knowing what the fuck they're talking about, or why they have a kitchenette, or why they're watching VR porn, or what the he- or why they're watching fucking Star Wars later. It's so odd and unnecessary, and a terrible way to anchor this thing. So yeah, from the get go, I was like, oh, it's- these fuckers are going to be annoying, and I was right.
0: Yeah, no, they, they are not a good way to serve as the anchor point for your variety show. Like there's nothing about them that made me go like, I can't wait to get back to that story and see what's developing. <laughs> oh Shit, uh, that's that's a good one. Uh for mine I put of all the things I was deciding on, that somehow I've never seen this in any variety show, any any epic show with tons of guest stars or anything. I've never seen it quite like this happen until i sat through this and that's how they can somehow accomplish the task of waste of wasting all the guest stars talent and had every single musical number is absolutely fucking awful how do you achieve these two things in your special
1: that's a good question You think jefferson starship was just here because they have starship in their name
0: absolutely
1: yep <laughs> yeah you got Jefferson jefferson starship you got diane carroll you got Leia, it's you got B. Arthur singing out of tune about friendship or drinking, whatever the fuck. I don't know. I was tuning that out. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a travesty. It's embarrassing. And you know what? I bet Star Trek fans are constantly gloating about this. There's yeah. no Star Trek variety hour Christmas special that everyone hates.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she's like, hey, look, we may have had some shows people didn't like as much as uh, the others, but. We don't have that, Star Wars. We do not have that.
1: Say this, I'll watch Star Trek Nemesis over Star Wars holiday special any day.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Oh, man. All right. Let's 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 try to get positive for a moment again.
1: I have a feeling we're going to be in the same boat on the silver lining.
0: Yeah, probably. So with that, yeah, let's let's see what our silver lines are. The one damn positive we took from this. But I'm with you. We're probably on the same boat. What do you come up with? Boba Fett. Yeah, the the I put the same thing. I pretty much put like the whole cartoon segment is the only segment that's even remotely good. Yeah,
1: this was the introduction of Boba Fett to Star Wars canon. And it's actually pretty awesome. And then he gets, you know, slapped into a giant desert anus in Jedi. But then we get some real face time with him 40 years later in The Mandalorian and then in his own little miniseries. But... The character of Boba, the
0: lawyer in two point five.
1: Yes, because they decided to make Boba a crime lord who does absolutely nothing. Um, but he's you know we we met him here and he's a you know bounty hunter works for the Empire. He's riding a fucking dinosaur for some reason and he's awesome. So the fact that out of this, just you know, I'm going to use the word again abortion. We got Boba Fett.
0: Yeah, I mean that's I'm I. I don't want to lie too much, because I pretty much feel the same way. Like, for everything we... For all the shit that does suck, this part, I see why this part has lasted for so long, and why they've at least brought this segment of the variety show forward all these years later, because it does, it's the only good part. You get the instruction on Boba Fett, he's a fucking badass, it's, you know, the animation actually isn't even that bad. The actors actually kind of seem the most interested in this segment, like, they were like, okay, this is fine. Except for Harrison
1: Ford, like, scrunched up like a... Meh. Looks like when James Carvel was on Family Guy, <laughs> just his—you can't see his eyes. Just kind of scrunched like a mogwai. It's weird. Everyone else looks normal, but Ford's just. <laughs>
0: yeah, it. But yeah, it, it's literally the only good thing out of this whole thing. That's it. That's it. It's the only reason on my letterbox. I even gave this one one star. It's literally because this one segment right here. That was it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, just give us, like, a 40-minute animated special of Star Wars. I don't know why you had to do all this extra bullshit.
0: Yeah, I was like, just, you clearly had more of the creativity to use your animation, so why don't you just do animation instead? Yep. <sighs> all right, well, let's move on to our uh, next installment known as What's in the Box?
1: What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. So many of these reviews are uh, just Wookie talk. Um, and we have reached a new low. 1.3 out of five on letter This has, yep. I think Green Lantern was our previous winner. That has been that has been broken. Star Wars Holiday Special is the lowest we've gone. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to get lower than that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a lot of these, a lot of a lot of them are like, I fucking hate it, but I watch it every year, and because it's you know it's Star Wars and it's Christmas ish. Yeah. So here, here are five reviews of the Star Wars Holiday Special that I hope can make you laugh. This first one's from Dan Pendleton. Surprisingly, much more watchable than Attack of the Clones. Half a star. Like, look, I don't like Attack of the Clones either, but it's better than
0: this. I say, I'd sit through Attack Clones before I ever sat through this again.
1: I mean, I think the love story between Anakin and Padme is written with about the same level of vision as Chewie and Mala. So I'm starting to think Lucas doesn't know how to talk about love. Hey, his vision. Apparently. This next one's from Boggy Creek. Nothing in the world is as terrifying as three hairy fuckers living in a tree hut watching VR porn all day. Half a star. It's true. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like that one.
1: His next one is my my personal favorite. This one's from Nick. I'm gonna beat Lumpy to death with a hammer. Half a star. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, fucking lully! This thing had ended with Darth Vader taking out his lightsaber, not igniting it, and just pistol-whipping Lumpy with the handle for like ten minutes. I would have been perfectly fine with it.
0: Yeah, probably a whole other star point for me.
1: Yeah, I would just, I would, I would just crop that bit and watch that bit every Christmas. (laughs) It's like it's Christmas Eve. We got to watch Lumpy get his ass kicked by Darth Vader. (laughs) It's tradition. That's my vision, George. (laughs) (laughs) Next one's from Dan McCoy. What if Star Wars and a 70s variety show had a fight and nobody won? Three stars. (laughs)
0: And nobody
1: won. Three stars seems high for that. Yeah, for what he wrote, yeah, it seems high. Um, And this last one's from Nathan Hale Classics. Don't you just love finding a new favorite, least favorite movie of all time? Watch this with my little sister. She has seen this movie before actual canon movies like Rogue One and Solo. I have no regret seeing it. I knew this day was inevitable. The problem is not only is it awful, it's super boring and weird and uncomfortable. And why does animated Han Solo look like that? Half a star. (laughs) I'm not alone. Everyone's like, what the fuck happened there? It's like he's melted it's like it was his demand I'm already starring in this piece of shit why do I have to do voiceover and you at least melt me (laughs) yeah we can do that Harrison oh thank god (laughs) I hope one day I get to like I hope one day Harrison Ford owes me a favor just so I can be the only person on earth he will talk about this with (laughs) I don't see how that would happen I gotta like you know Save Callista from choking or something, but I'm gonna try to make that happen.
0: Good, <laughs> good luck. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's actually a, a good, a good way to end this segment. Um, unless you got anything at anything else in the book, we are we are good to go. Nice that that was a that was a good one. That was going. I disagree with the three star view. I want to know what's going on that person said. Um, but all right, before we hi. So we, before I reveal what is on next week's docket, the usual housekeeping. So, uh, be sure to follow us on social media. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Filmgasm Productions. If you, would, if you want to shoot us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com If you'd like to donate and support us in that way, you can find us on Anchor. Finally, feel free to get on our site, filmgasm.com for reviews, shows, articles, and all of our episodes. Next week, we'll be celebrating the return of Brendan Fraser and The Public Spotlight pretty much all week. Uh, when you look at the third film in his popular series, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, I hope I cannot fall asleep this time when I watch it, because I've consistently fallen asleep during that movie.
1: I feel like I'd give this movie a chance every couple years, because I love the first two so much. Every time, I'm like, maybe this time I'll find something in Tomb of the Dragon Emperor to get on board with. It has never happened. So... Maybe this time, but I doubt it. it.
0: Yeah, that that will be a fun five very detailed episode. I'm pretty sure there's a lot on that movie. Um, Moving on to filmgasm. We'll continue the love for Frasier and uh, said franchise with the second installment of it. The Mummy Returns.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's weird. It's hard to follow. There's a lot of plot holes, but it's a fucking fun movie.
0: Oh yeah, it's a very fun... It gets by on how fun it is. Um, Even with the whole like Rock CGI thing, hey, it's a fun movie, fuck it. (laughs) And continuing this trend that you're noticing, hopefully, on Oscar Sunday, they'll be looking at the one which started off for this this iteration of the franchise. And I would say is a personal favorite amongst I think the entire Filmgasm team. I'm going to be so bold to say that. I know pretty much all of us love it. Um, And as the original, at least been Fraser's original film in this trilogy, The Mummy.
1: Yeah, it's a good. I'm glad that we were able to celebrate Brendan Fraser with one franchise across all three f- shows here. Uh, it's going to be a blast to stay in there for, for a week.
0: Yeah, and at least, you know, two of the films are great and one is on here for a reason. Um, <laughs> until then, may the force be with you. And may you all have a happy life day. See you all next week on Beyond the Bed.